Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the American Pipeline Podcast presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Sydney Wolf from The Rink Live. Sydney, how you doing? Doing good. Had a really busy week last week, but you know, it's, it's just that time of the year, but plenty of great hockey being played, plenty of, you know, crazy news, fun news, signings. That's always fun to, to keep a track of and the transfer portals picking up. So, so much, so much stuff has been happening. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you were, you know, you were on location with the Minnesota state high school uh, hockey tournament um, or, or the boys, at least one. Um, couple things you want to talk about here uh there was the mr hockey award that was announced there was the Fran Primsic award there's a lot going on here why don't you give us a bit of a run through of that yeah so obviously i'm not going to go through all the games or anything because i'm sure people don't you know care too much about that but that was a, a awesome weekend of games i know there's a lot of ple- people from all over the world watching the tournament and the championship games were were completely awesome uh they were great and super fun to watch but uh the mr hockey award this year no shocker. We've talked about him all year. Jason Shogbay, Minnesota Duluth commit, a name to watch for the draft this year. Just a, a great player with absolutely insane hockey IQ, a great playmaker. I feel like he just had some passes to teammates that nobody saw coming, and he just finds ways to, to dish it over to his teammates, and he can score, and just a great player overall. So wasn't really shocked by that one. Uh, and I wasn't really shocked either. His teammate won the the Frank Brimzek Award, which is given to the top senior goalie in the state of Minnesota, uh, which is Hampton Slukinski, a.k.a. the Hammer. Uh, everybody calls him. He's a Northern Michigan commit. His brother's committed there. So I'm sure they'll try to play play with each other here in the next couple of years. But uh, yeah, that was a, a crazy tournament, some really fun performances. I'm sure everybody saw the the hockey hair and the promposal we talked about last mm-hmm. week. Uh, absolutely insane but we're actually recording today a little bit earlier in the week because I'm going to be headed to the the women's frozen four this week because it's actually in Duluth which is like two hours from where I am in in Minnesota so going to be going to that so we had to record a a little early because I got to drive up to Duluth and I heard we might get a snowstorm this week in Minnesota no surprise there but might affect my uh my driving conditions here so I'm hoping for nothing too bad because some of those roads can get a little dicey if it uh you know snows rains We'll see. Yeah, it's 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 going to be tough. Obviously, hopefully that it all works out for you. Um, all right, USHL news though, and the big one that happened, thankfully, like an hour before we started recording, as uh, the U.S. national team development program tryout camp roster uh, was announced. Why don't we take a look at that? Yeah. So obviously, there's no way I can know all of these players. I can't be able mm-hmm. to watch all of them. Uh, I have too much stuff to do, but I do know quite a few of these players. Uh, And they just released this, like you said, like an hour before we started recording. So I was really excited because originally I heard they might have put it out Wednesday and it's Tuesday. So that was cool to see. Um, But so it's 45 players are on this roster. You can Google the whole thing for yourself if you want to learn a little bit more about them. But they're going to be going to this evaluation camp, tryout camp um, from the 18th to the 22nd of this month. And basically when they go there, they do some off ice stuff. So I assume they're doing like the normal combine type stuff of probably doing some, some workouts and just seeing 
you know, how in shape you are type stuff. And then also some on ice practices, some scrimmages. And usually they do uh, have streams of the scrimmages as well. Sometimes those are interesting to watch. But uh, so there's a couple of interesting players on here. I think there's only one of them that's college committed because the rest of them are technically sophomores. Uh, The only one that's committed that I believe is Will Bell, who's actually the first on the list. And the only reason he is, uh, is because I talked to him earlier this year, he actually skipped a grade. So he's young, but he's technically a junior. So that's why he is able to commit. He's a Notre Dame commit, um, but he's going to be a really fun player. I actually wrote about him for the rink live. I think he committed back in the fall to Notre Dame. And he's going to be an interesting player to watch because he basically broke all these fitness records at Shattuck St. Mary's for like weightlifting and all this stuff. So he's absolutely insane. Uh, But there's tons of Minnesotans on here. So a couple of uh, players that I'm familiar with on here, but just a ton of really good players overall. It's going to be hard to narrow it down, honestly. I feel like that's got to be a, a really tough job to invite all of these super, super talented players and try to narrow it down and cut some of these players. Cause even if you don't make the team, you're probably going to be a top player in the USHL then. So one way or another, you're going to be a top player. Uh, and you, if you're on this list, you already are a top player in, in the USA, which is crazy. But I guarantee if you go through this list, there's plenty of names that uh, you might be familiar with if you've been, you know, paying attention to any prospects, uh, but it's going to be really fun. I'm planning on hoping that I can watch some of the streams because last year I tried to watch a couple of the the scrimmages and stuff just to kind of get a feel for that. But it's always hard to know what the, what the NTDP is looking for. Sometimes they're looking for those kids that are really big already, uh, bigger frames. So they're kind of like those NHL sized players. Sometimes they're looking for, you know, a couple big guys, a couple smaller skilled players. You never really know. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of this batch of 45 because There's a lot of uh, good players on here, so we'll just have to wait and see. But like I said, planning on watching some of the scrimmages, so I'll have to report back on kind of what I see next week. Absolutely. I mean, look, it's it's exciting stuff. Hopefully those streams can uh, can can be delivered to us. It would be lovely to see that. Um, All right. The USHL standings, though, there's a bit of a a bit of jostling here. There's some updates. Why don't you give us the lowdown on those? Yeah, so try not to, you know, talk about the standings too much on the show, but every few weeks I feel like it's good to give kind of just an update on where teams are. So we did one a couple weeks ago, might as well do one today just to check in with, Mm -hmm. you know, where some of the teams are, especially as we get nearer and nearer to playoffs. And uh, the Fargo Force already have essentially clinched being in the playoffs because they're so good this year. Uh, They have 75 points, which... I think is like nine points more than any other team. So this year they are just absolutely killing it. So it's, it's a good year to be a Fargo force fan, uh, honestly, but it's kind of interesting looking between the the conferences and the Eastern conference, things are pretty close for the most part. Uh, the top couple of teams are all just within a few points of each other. And then uh, the seventh and eighth place team, Madison has been, like we've said in the past, they traded away basically all their best players. I think I just read that uh, they just, relieved their head coach of his duties as well. So I think they kind of just had a, a weird year. So they're at the bottom, but otherwise everybody's pretty close. And then Western Conference, it's obviously Fargo at one. Uh, and then a couple of teams pretty close, but the bottom half are kind of just the bottom half. So a little interesting Western top three is currently Fargo, Waterloo, and Lincoln. And the Eastern top three right now is Chicago, Youngstown, and then actually the NTDP, which is interesting. So 
kind of cool. We'll just have to keep an eye on it. Again, it's it's good to give a couple updates here on the standings every every few weeks or so. You're right. That is kind of cool. Um, all right. Now, some another crazy name here is, is Jackson Panzer, although Jackson is spelled J-A-K-S-E-N, uh, North Dakota uh, commit here, six-point weekend over the weekend. Yeah, he was just named uh, forward of the week for the USHL. I feel like I've seen Jackson spelled a million different names now. I feel like there's the the CK, like Jack regular. There's yeah, but this Jacksons. one is ridiculous. There's ones with just Ks. Like there's so many different variations. Um, but he's a North Dakota commit. Both his his dad and his uncle, if I, uncle, if I'm remembering correctly, both played there. But he was forward of the week this week after having six points in in three games. He's a forward. He's actually from Grand Forks, so. Also from Grand Forks, we'll be playing in Grand Forks in in a few years. Uh, so he had a really great weekend. He's forward of the week and definitely a name to watch whenever he gets to North Dakota and starts playing college hockey. Absolutely. All right. And then we got Sam Scopa. He's a he's a goalie Quinnipiac uh, commit here, and he earned his first ever shutout over the weekend. Yeah, I know that's your your favorite college name to say, Quinnipiac. 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 <laughs> everyone's, Quinnipiac everyone's favorite. Either one. <laughs> everyone's uh yeah favorite uh name Quinnipiac but yeah he's a he's a goalie he was named the goalie of the week this week because he earned his first career shutout in the USHL and it was 35 saves so it wasn't like it was just some you know made made like 15 or something so he had a really good game first career USHL shutout which is really cool to see six foot goalie from uh, Massachusetts and this is his first year in the USHL uh so pretty cool to see that uh, he got that shutout and hopefully he can just be on the, the up and up from there Absolutely. Now, the defender of the week in the USHL, Drew Fortescue, uh, draft eligible guy. So someone to keep keep an eye on here. He seemed to have a bit of a weekend himself. Yeah, like you said, definitely a name to uh, keep an eye on for the draft here. He was like 58 on the central scouting list. So he's up there. He's a left-handed defender, definitely a little bit taller, six foot three from New York. Uh, and he's a guy that really doesn't score goals. Like, I don't think he has any goals this year, but he has a bunch of assists. So he's been doing good in, in that department. Uh, he had three assists this weekend, and I, I read, too, he was a plus six. So some good stats there, and he's a Boston College commit. So uh, hopefully some big things in store for him in the future as well. Very cool. And then finally, uh, Cole Eiserman. We've talked about him all all season long because and for good reason here is because he became the only the sixth national team development program player uh score 50 goals in the season and the only the third to do it on the u17 team he's a minnesota commit boy oh boy this kid is is rocketing up the list for next year's draft yeah there's already a couple players establishing themselves for next year and this is going to be a name you're going to want to pay attention to uh, he's not like the biggest, the biggest guy, but he can put up a ton of points. Like he's five foot 11. So I feel like that's going to satisfy most people. He's not too short, but he's not like too crazy big or anything, but absolutely just uh, killing things this year. He's been with the U17 team, but has also played with the U18 team, U18 team a little bit just because he's so, so good. Um, so I assume it's probably going to be you know, uh, another year he'll play with the 18 team, I assume, and then play with Minnesota. But yeah, keep an eye on his name because uh, he's making a case for himself to be in in that top handful of players for uh, for next year's draft. Absolutely. All right, let's move into some NCAA news here. Starting with Benny Hallis, uh, pretty insane. First of all, six foot goalie from Hungary. You don't see very many uh, very many players from Hungary. Uh, he's with Northern Michigan, and boy, he had a pretty nuts performance over the weekend. 
Yeah, we had a couple of crazy uh, games here this weekend in in the conference tournaments, which I'll talk about a little bit more uh, a little later down the line here in the show. But he just had a, a really great game for Northern Michigan. I think a lot of people thought Michigan Tech was going to come out come out on top in in I think it was the conference semifinals technically, uh, but Northern Michigan went in and they came out with a four zero shutout win. And he didn't have an easy time in goal, but he still got a shutout of 44 saves, almost 50, which is absolutely ridiculous. So he stopped all of those shots. Uh, and this year, too, he's actually been doing really good for freshmen in the, in the NCAA. Around a 920 save percentage this year, he's been pretty much the go-to guy for Northern Michigan after playing with uh, the New Mexico Ice Wolves of the Nall the past two seasons. And they're actually on a, a seven-game win streak right now. And they're going to be looking to uh, win their conference tournament because if they don't, their season is likely over because their pairwise isn't high enough to get into the national tournament. So they need that auto bid really bad. But seems like uh, they're kind of on a hot streak right streak right now. So things are looking good for them uh, heading into their their conference final. Absolutely. All right. Well, Northeastern's Aiden McDonough signed a three. Uh, signed his, his ELC with Vancouver. It's a two year one. He was seventh round pick in twenty nineteen. Uh, but this is uh, this is a guy who had a really good season this year, and Canucks fans seem really excited for him. Yeah, this actually turned out really well. I feel like those seventh-round picks, again, sometimes we see them do really well, and sometimes we see them be kind of a gamble, and they don't really turn out very well. But McDonough ended up being one of those guys who was a, a really great, uh, I don't know, bang for your buck in, in the seventh round because uh, he's been really good. He's a six-foot-two forward, so good size there. He was a senior captain this year. So obviously if you're a captain, you probably have some good leadership. You're probably a good locker room guy. And he had uh, over, over a point per game, 38 points in 34 games last year. It was the same. And he's just been really consistently good throughout all of his years in the NCAA. So I think some people were hoping that maybe he'd come back for a fifth season, but I think he feels that he's ready to, to take that next step and uh, try and see how he does it at the professional level. So he's just been a really consistent, really good player uh, for Northeastern and has always been putting up a, a good amount of points. He can score goals. He can get assists. Uh, he's kind of just all around uh, pretty dang good. So, yeah, I think a lot of uh, Vancouver fans are are pretty excited to see him uh, take his deal. Well, absolutely. Well, another another guy signing an ELC with a rebuilding team or a team that should be rebuilding at least is uh, Notre Dame's Ryder Rolston, son of Brian Rolston. We are all getting extremely old. Uh, but he signed a three-year ELC, three ELC with the Chicago Blackhawks. He was a 2025th round pick. Um, had a pretty good season this year. Yeah, we talked about him a few weeks ago when we talked about Chicago's draft picks. And he's been good. I think some people were surprised to see him uh, leave college hockey just because he was only in his third season. Uh, and I think some people said, well, I think coming back for a fourth might have benefited him. But obviously he feels like he's ready to take that jump. He was previously a guy that played for the national team, so obviously he showed he has a lot of talent. Uh, but he did three years in Notre Dame. First year, you know, didn't have a ton of points. I think he had like six and 28, so kind of just learning how to get into college hockey. Last year was uh, pretty good, 27 points over the course of the season, so really, you know, added on after that freshman year. And then this year he had 20 and 27, so not anything insane, but he was third in total points on the team for Notre Dame, who – I don't know. They were okay this year. They weren't uh, crazy good, but they weren't really like bad, I guess. They were kind of just okay. And their season's over. They're not going to make the national tournament. So that's obviously why he signed his signed his deal. Uh, so I don't know. I think personally, if, if 
you're him. Hopefully you feel confident enough that you can make an impact at the pro level. But I think a lot of people too thought, well, maybe a fourth year would have been good for him uh, to kind of come back for one more year of college hockey and just sort of, I don't know, get back into it and really dominate completely at that level before you take the next step. But again, everybody has kind of a different path to how they want to approach things. So we'll sort of see, I don't, I don't really know to expect uh, what he'll do at, at the professional level yet, but he signed his deal. So obviously that means he feels ready to, uh, to take that next step in his career. Absolutely. All right. Well, we got a couple other uh, contracts here, I guess, eight um, just amateur tryout offers starting with Anthony Vincent of Long Island. He signed an ATO uh, with the San Jose Barracuda, which is the AHL team of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, bit of an older guy, 25 years old. Uh, he was from Holy Cross. This is an interesting one. We all we talked about the the guy who was like 26 or whatever. Who's gonna is this oh, yeah. the, who, who who's gonna be in in college hockey next year potentially? Uh, this is a 25 year old who's now getting his first uh, his first shot at you know pro hockey here. Yeah, there's a uh, a couple of uh, tryout deals in in the AHL. So I thought I would list those. And again, there's a lot of ECHL ones that you can look up. Or I know the ECHL. Uh, pod might talk about those but there was way too many of those again to talk about for this week but might as well talk about uh just the the two ahl ones i i saw recently but anthony vincent yeah he's definitely an older guy but looking at his stats it it really makes sense because he played uh with long island this year he was actually one of those guys who transferred but honestly it seems like the transfer really helped him this year because he played four years at holy cross he didn't really do much in those four years. His freshman year actually was his best year points wise, which is kind of weird to see. Uh, but he just didn't do a ton with Holy Cross. But I mean, that's I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt because Holy Cross hasn't been super good the past couple of years, um, even though this year they're kind of on a tear. So that's kind of funny. Uh, but this year, Long Island, he was their leading scorer. He had 37 points in 36 games. So I don't know. If just this year he decided, you know, this is my very last year I can play college hockey. I got to make a I got to make an impact. I got to make that push to try and try and go pro at the, at the highest level that I can. So he really did that this year. He just exploded this season. Uh, so it's cool to see him get a, a tryout deal and see how that goes for him, because in the past he hasn't had a ton of points production. But this year he just exploded. So we'll see if he kind of just continues on that path or not. Absolutely. All right. Then we got Jake Kucharski. Kuharski, either one of Omaha, he signed an AATO with Chicago Wolves, um, which is Carolina's uh, uh, AHL affiliate. Seventh round pick uh, from a couple of years back. He's 23 years old, um, getting his first taste of pro hockey now. Yeah, this is another sort of strange story, because if you look at his stats, he originally went to Providence, but didn't play any games for them. Uh, so I assume he just kind of was on the team, but but didn't really play. But for goalies, that's not super uncommon. Uh, and then he transferred to AIC, American International College, and was pretty good for them. And then this year transferred again and played for Nebraska Omaha. So he was on kind of his like third NCAA program. But he had pretty good stats for, for Omaha this year, uh, 904 save percentage, so not too shabby there. Um, but we'll sort of see. I don't really know what what to make of some of his stats yet. I'm going to be kind of interested just to see how he does uh, in, in the AHL. Uh, he's a bigger guy, six foot four. So obviously people take note of that, but uh, yeah, not really uh, sure what's going to happen there with him and if he'll be able to, you know, uh, pull off really good numbers or not. We'll see. That's what a tryout's all about. Absolutely. All right. Well, we got, uh, we got the transfer portal. It's been, been pretty interesting here. Why don't you give us an update on what's going on down there? 
Yeah, there's uh, the transfer portals really started to pick up here because a lot of teams' seasons are now over. Uh, there's a lot of seniors from schools that are Ivy Leagues or schools that don't have graduate programs because if you're a senior and you want to use that fifth year of COVID eligibility, uh, you got to go to a school that then has the programs that you can, you know, take a a fifth year in. Uh, so there's a lot of players from like the Ivy leagues in there right now. There's a ton of players from Brown, but uh, people freak out about that a little bit, but it's not because they want to leave necessarily. A lot of the seniors in the portal are, are players that have to leave their school if they want to play college hockey one more mm -hmm. year. So not anything too alarming quite yet, but uh, it's definitely getting bigger and bigger every day. And one thing that people are definitely interested to see what happens with is now that, uh, Wisconsin's head coach uh, was was let go here recently. People are interested to see if any Wisconsin players head into the transfer portal because now there's going to be a coaching change or if any of their commits that are committed to Wisconsin are going to end up, uh, you know, decommitting and, and going somewhere else. Because whenever there's a coaching change, obviously things get messy. Some players commit to colleges for, for the coaching staff. So it's going to be interesting to uh, see what happens there now that Wisconsin's going to have to uh, hire a new coach here this offseason. Um, all right. Very cool. The the uh, uh, the conference tournaments, by the way, we teed them up all last week. Um, this is they've been insane so far. Why don't you uh, why don't you take us through those? This year has been absolutely chaotic, like we've talked about on the show. There's been so many upsets and, and craziness. And I think it is just because, you know, one, the transfer portal and and some players from one school, they can go to another. And I think that really just makes all the programs uh, a little bit more competitive because some schools can just take a bunch of players from the portal. And if they weren't good, they can get a lot better really quickly because of that. And this year it's just been, it's been crazy. Uh, there's been a lot of upsets, a lot of teams that are making it to the semifinals or finals for their conference tournament, because they need that auto bid to keep their season going. They need to get into the national tournament. So it's going to be interesting to see if any of those, teams actually pull off the all the upsets all the way up to the championship game and get that auto bid because if they can it's going to be interesting I know we talked about uh Benny Hawass who was that goalie who had that huge 44 save shutout like for example them if they lose their season's done but if they win their next game they're in the national tournament and their season's extended so it's going to be really interesting I don't really know uh what's going to happen here absolutely crazy uh because I don't know if you're below I don't know, 11, maybe 12 in the pairwise. Nobody's safe right now because if there's so many upsets, they're all going to get into the national tournament and then all those other teams are going to be bumped out of the way. Uh, so I don't know. Absolutely crazy. I'm going to be watching uh, a lot of games this weekend, but that kind of leads me also to my team to watch, which is Holy Cross. Last week, our player to watch was Liam McClinsky, who plays for Holy Cross. So this week I decided to have them be the team to watch because they just keep getting better and better. Uh, first, they upset AIC, who's been the Atlantic reigning champion for a couple of years now that got the auto bid. They get into the national tournament. So first, they upset them. And then this past weekend, I didn't know if they would be able to do it. But then they upset the number one seed, RIT, two upsets in a row. So now they're going to play for the Atlantic championship game against Canisius for a chance to get the auto bid. And neither of them would have been in the tournament otherwise. So whoever wins this game, Canisius or Holy Cross, they're getting in the national tournament, which is insane because they are, neither of them are really close to getting in pairwise by pairwise stats. So 
that uh, is definitely crazy. And it was not great if you're RIT because you were coming into that hoping you'd win. You get the auto bid, you'd be all good. So McClinsky has been, you know, just insane again. And Holy Cross, I, I didn't really expect this, but they've just been on a tear. And uh, we'll see how that championship goes because that's going to be really interesting. And two teams just battling it out essentially to extend their season. So I know I'm going to be uh, paying attention to the Twitter and seeing how that game goes the, that night that they play because it's going to be probably a really fun game. All right. Buffalo Sabres. We're in the Atlantic Division for uh, our, you know, our, our pipeline d- deep dives here. We were talking about that. We've reached the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, and they have a couple, a couple very interesting ones here as well. Um, let's start though with uh, the six foot one right winger from Florida, Jake Richard. This is a player we talked about a couple weeks ago now because he got traded earlier this year. So we already mentioned him a couple weeks ago. So people might uh, be familiar with his name, but six foot one from Florida, which is kind of interesting. I feel like you're hearing more and more hockey players coming from there now. Uh, was a six-round pick this past year in 2022, and he was traded from Muskegon to Tri-City earlier this season. Still pretty young. He turns 19 this summer, so he's only 18 right now, but he's playing on the first line uh, for Tri-City last that I checked and is committed to UConn, so he'll be heading to uh, the NCAA here in the next few years. Not quite sure when. Uh, but so far for Tri-City after the trade, he's had over a point per game and he also had over a point per game for Muskegon. So he's been looking really, really good this year. And last year he was almost at a point per game, not quite, uh, but almost. And he also played for Muskegon last year. So he's a player that's been doing really well. We'll see if UConn wants to bring him in for this fall or if they're going to make him wait another year. I'm not really sure because he's already doing really good, but he's still also pretty young. So we'll see, but definitely, uh, an exciting prospect to have because he's been putting up some really, really good and, and consistent amount of points here. Very cool. All right. And then we got Ryan Johnson, late first round pick in 2019. He was the 31st overall um, 21 year old defender from California. Another not super common. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Just sneezed right in the middle of that. Uh, not a super, <laughs> not a super uh, common, you know, hockey hotbed, but it's becoming one uh, 31, uh, sorry, 31st overall pick. Like I said, 2019. Uh, Ryan Johnson, very interesting uh, uh, little prospect here for for Buffalo Sabres. This is a prospect that some people were kind of on the watch last offseason to see if he would sign or not. And he was kind of a a person late to say like, okay, yeah, I'll come back. Uh, But Minnesota had a couple of guys that did that and and decided to come back this year. So he decided to come back uh, from what I've read on him. I've watched some of Minnesota this year. He's just kind of that solid defender, a pretty good skater. He's not going to put up a crazy amount of points, but he will get some points. He's not too physical, but he's just a good overall kind of defender that can defend well, A, which is the, the big thing. Uh, but B, can also get uh, a decent amount of points as well. So he's kind of that mix of kind of a little bit of everything. He's not only offensive but he's not also a guy that won't get any points at all. So kind of a good mix of, of a lot of different things. Um, but he's a senior this year, so I assume that he would probably sign this offseason since a lot of people thought he already would last year. So I would think that this year is, is the year that he's going to sign. He was a World Junior Cup player a few years ago, and this year he has 18 points in 35 games, so uh, not too shabby there, but just seems like a good all-around uh, defender. Absolutely right. Now we got Adam Huglen. Uh, from Minnesota, 2020, uh, sorry, 22-year-old, uh, fourth-round pick from 2019. 
Yeah, so Huglin, uh, another Minnesota player related to some of the other Huglins, if if that name brings a bell to you. Uh, but like I said, fourth round pick uh, in, in 2019, a couple years back. Forward, doesn't have a crazy amount of points, but when you're competing for ice time with guys like Logan Cooley and some of the other like super elite prospects on Minnesota, you know, that doesn't really surprise me because they have so many high level guys that even if you're a draft pick, they have all these other elite players that uh, it's going to be hard to to get ice time over some of those other top guys. But currently he's the the third line center for Minnesota. He's doing pretty good. Not like crazy points, though. Uh, Huglin's got 14 points in 33 games. I assume with that being said, he would probably come back again for next year. He's only a sophomore, so I would be pretty surprised if he decided to to sign after this year. But I don't know. We shall see. We shall see indeed. All right. And then we got Stiven Sardan. Sardarian? I think it's Sardarian. Sardarian. That's a Game of Thrones name. Is, is, a, is a Russian player. So, okay. you know, pronunciation might not be 100% for, well, Sardarian for either is a, of us. Very powerful name. Uh, third round pick in 2021. Uh, he played in Russia until last year. Could be an interesting little guy here. Yeah. So he played in Russia all the way up until he played in the USHL. Um, but six foot one forward, he's currently playing on, on New Hampshire's second line left wing. So doing pretty good, uh, in the USHL, he had pretty decent points, 25 and four, 25 points in 45 games. And then as a freshman, he has seven and 29. So it's been having a, a pretty good freshman year, but I assume he'll be back for another season. You'd have to think so. All right. Then we got Matteo Constantini, uh, from North Dakota, fifth round pick in 2020, uh, 20 year old. He's from, uh, you know, my neck of the woods, St. Catharines, Ontario. Yeah. Six foot one uh, player here. And he has sort of another sort of weird, I don't know, just looking through his stats. So last year he had 21 points uh, last year as, as a freshman, he made the all rookie team for the NCHC. And then this year has been really weird for him. Like North Dakota hasn't been crazy good this year but he just has not it has not been his year this year as a sophomore he only has three points this season so I'm not really sure what happened like if the team is that different or if his line mates are that different I don't really know but freshman year he had a lot of points showed a lot of promise and this year has not done very much so kind of kind of concerned about that not sure what's really up but I don't know I assume with that that he would definitely be back for next year because after having one really good season and one that has been not so great I assume you're going to want to come back and find whatever you're doing from your, from your freshman year. Yeah, you would hope so. I mean, that's, that's a very weird drop. Something's got to be going on there. Um, and then finally, one of the best college hockey goalies literally of all the time. Uh, it's Devin Levi. He was a seventh round pick uh, in 2020. Um, you know, obviously got traded to, uh, to the Sabres. Uh, you know, very, very, very interesting uh, prospect here. He's the thing is, he's only six feet, and uh, our editor in chief, Ryan Kennedy, is does not like small goalies. Um, and which I believe Devin Levi happens to be one, but holy smokes, he's just done nothing but succeed. What a talent! Um, you think he'd be signing his contract? We'll have to see. Yeah, I think everybody's sort of on the watch for that right now since Northeastern. We just talked about McDonough, who just signed. So I assume if he's going to, it's going to come out here within the the next week or two. But I don't know. Like you said, six-foot goalies, some people just uh, anybody under, you know, even 6'2 are like, nope, need to be like 6'4 plus. So I don't know. Uh, 
He's been really good, though. Mike Mike Richter Award finalist again this year after winning it last year. Uh, but he's one of those guys that really just came to succeed, plays, played CCHL before coming to the NCAA even, um, but then did really, really good. World Junior Cup, went to the went to the Olympics, uh, now had a 933 save percentage, which is great. And he had a 952 last year. So like just blown everybody out of the water and uh, hopefully will be just a great prospect for Sabres fans in the future. You have to hope so. I mean, he's done nothing but succeed in every, every level uh, that he's, you know, that, that he's touched on. Um, but speaking of that, this is the end of the, the podcast for this week. Uh, things are going crazy in the American pipeline, whether it's the college hockey or it's the USHL. There will be plenty of news for us to come back for with next week. Sydney, good luck on all your lovely uh, uh, journalistic endeavors, and I will see you. Uh, I will see you next week.